This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. It was here at the Dragonara Hotel that eight Bristol City players tore up their contracts to save our football club from extinction. The club was spiralling down the football league and with massive debt it was on the verge of bankruptcy. The highest paid earners, Jimmy Mann, Trevor Tainton, Jeff Merrick, Julian Marshall, David Rogers, Peter Aitken, Chris Garland and Jerry Sweeney all acted selflessly by agreeing to tear up their contracts so we could go on and the club lived to play another match. So. Just over 40 years later at the Middlesbrough home game on the 19th of February, please join us in showing your appreciation for these eight magnificent men by taking to your seats for 2.45 and then a minute's applause on the eighth minute. Thanks so much for your support and come on you Reds! So not a lot of pleasure at Blackpool for over a thousand City fans. Um, The good news is I had a lovely four nights in New York City um, so I was unable to watch it. The bad news is Matt did go to Blackpool. And uh, as I gather in your article that I read this morning, Matt, you got a bit wet also. Do you know what? It was vile. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> vile. Wind, like anything you can, yeah, wind, wind and rain. Um, and then on top of a really abject performance and um, getting comfortably beaten, you then have to walk out and you had to walk out of sort of from your entrance you went to the other end and then you have to walk all the way out of like a a part of an industrial estate and then round 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 and it was bloody miles and yeah it just got absolutely soaked freezing cold so yeah all in all aside from the fact it was great to stay with my my friends in Wigan yeah the rest of it was football was absolute dire yeah um but uh, as i said i did have a lovely trip to new york yes. but you're still thinking about the bad news aren't you i'm still thinking about the bad news and uh, obviously <laughs> i'm uh, i'm away myself uh, in in new york in a few weeks time yeah so <laughs> um before we start um just want to say a big happy birthday happy 18th birthday to joel sutton and also 12th birthday to liam granger so um the next generation of bristol city fans there both both legends as well in their own lifetime yeah absolutely the dads are but the boys are especially yeah no fantastic uh the three words from lee were a frustrating watch uh which uh, i think matt will attest to um matt the starting lineup i was reading your article this morning and uh you know there was clamoring for joe williams to start but you still didn't go with him yeah, I think Nigel Pearson, um, I mean, the one one thing you'll say about Nigel Pearson, what he says is what he sticks to as such, and he's made it very clear with, with Joe Williams that they're going to manage him through. And even if Joe Williams feels that he's he's ready, that you know they're still going to manage that, that kind of uh, game time for him. I think the fact that he had half an hour against Preston um, and then obviously a full half, on Saturday against Blackpool, for me, he comes in on on Wednesday. I think that that's you know should should be enough time. Um, but yeah, other than that, the only other one you know, as I've, I've sort of said on it before, and we'll talk about when we go through the the game, is the Dan Bentley situation. That was a little bit of a surprise because um, we hadn't seen anything on that um, in the the kind of um, 
the concourse, if you want to call it that. I mean, it's nothing like ours. At Blackpool, there were a few sort of people um, saying that there's been an obvious fallout and mm. Bentley's not doing what Nigel Pearson sort of wants him to do. That's you know, all, all hearsay and rumour sort of mill. Um, Nigel Pearson came out and said it was COVID-related uh, and that hopefully following the protocols, he'll be back in training Monday and therefore available on, on Wednesday. Mm. And for me, comes back in. Yeah, no, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think that's Max's eighth game now on the bounce and number of goals conceded, you know, I don't I think, know I how many 20, that is. I think it's 20. It's quite um, a few, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult because, it's, you know, they're not necessarily his fault. It's the obviously the defence and uh, it's a, it is a team game. Um, but, you know, I think you've picked out a couple where you think you should he should have done better. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think for me... Um, the, the, the team, and this this might just be my perception and how I feel as a fan, but the team don't seem as confident. Um, and for, for on Saturday, the first goal, um, which when you look at it on the TV, I'm not I'm not sure as fans we would necessarily blame Max, but Thomas Callis's reaction, um, he literally kind of not not jumped up and down like a sport child, but was was pointing at the the sort of point where the, the cross was which to me indicates, Max, you've got to come for that. So mm. um, that's the only thing. And, and like like I've said before on here, Patch, I don't think Dan Bentley was in the best of form when he, when he was dropped. And whether there was anything else behind the scenes, I have no idea. Mm. I didn't disagree with that. But to the same extent, he hadn't actually done too much wrong. Similarly with Max, but we're conceding so many goals. And um, Max, for me, doesn't make the saves that Dan Bentley makes that save you a point, win you the three points. Yeah. Um, you know that's not saying he's not a great keeper because he is, and his distribution is brilliant. But first and foremost, you're in there because you're keeping balls out the net, aren't you? Yeah. Um, no, and, and yeah, Dan, Dan Bentley for me comes back in on Wednesday. Just had a tweet in from Adam Wyatt. Where's the podcast this week? It's now Monday, um, yeah. so apologies, Adam. He's got some painting to do, so uh, this will be out shortly, so you can get that painting done. Um, okay. Well, obviously, I wasn't at the match, Matt, but I've watched the highlights and picked out a few bits. So let's go through. So the first highlight um, was great playing out from the back. It was Callas to Masengo to Scott, then out wide to Jada Silva, who played a lovely first-time ball with pace to Semenyo. He runs it goal, and it's another powerful right-foot shot from Semenyo. So yeah, that was in the sort of the first half an hour. Talk us through anything else in that first half an hour as well as that. Yeah, um, just before, well, literally within the first two minutes, um, we got on the ball and had a, a sort of a ball got played into to Antoine, um, and he played a really really poor back that set um, Blackpool on the counter attack, um, and Max O'Leary was forced into a really good save. To be fair to him, sort of low down, held on to it. Um, so yeah, did did really well. Then it was it was fairly. Um, fairly sort of open without really doing anything. And then, like you say, that move was a really, really good move. Antoine has sort of hit the shot like he did against Fulham. Um, you know, first time, really powerful, in, and the keeper makes a good save. Um, but we were, e- even early on, the conditions, like I said, were dreadful. Blackpool are obviously used to playing in those conditions. <laughs> um, we were struggling with it, and we were just really struggling to find our passes. Um, Alex Scott showed some, some really, really nice sort of movement, but then would play a pass that was sort of, you know, a couple of yards short of pace, which meant the impetus was lost in, he wasn't the only one. Um, and then at the back, and, and I, I wrote about it in the column, and, and I'd be interested to, to sort of um, 
you know, get comments back from fans that were there. It just felt like we'd gone backwards in terms of the Lee Johnson, Dean Holden days, where it was play across the back. Um, the amount of ball... That, like ball retention, wasn't uh, it? Honestly, the amount of ball that Thomas Callas and Closer had, and to be fair to both of them, they were clearly looking for a pass, whether that was into midfield or, or looking to, for the runners. Forward-wise, Andy Vyman, Chris Martin, and actually Antoine as well, didn't seem to be offering too much. But it just meant that the ball just kept going backwards, and then it got back, not back to Max, then it would go back to Closer... He'd sort of make an angle, would go five yards, then he'd go back to, to Callas. And it just felt like, well, you know, we're playing Blackpool here, guys. Why aren't we playing at the energy and the tempo that we were? Was that because there weren't people making run into, people making yeah. run into space or, yeah. you know, not yeah. people not offering a lot? Yeah, I think both, both of those, Patch. Um, mm. You know, I, I would say both, both Hanno and, and Alex um, at times showed for the ball because you'd expect that. And as I say, a couple of times, Alex in particular took the ball and you know did a, did a sort of dummy and, and came away from it. But when Joe Williams comes on, Joe Williams just goes and gets it off of those two centre halves. Yeah. He will go and Demands get it, it. give me the ball, and then he does what he does. It felt a little bit like it needed that. And Thomas Callas, maybe the conditions, but Thomas Callas, Tim Closer were um, weren't willing to play a ball into the middle that then may open things up. So it just yeah, it became a bit of a a bit of a dull opening period from our point of view, really. Mm. So the 36th minute, uh, Blackpool's first goal comes. It's a strange decision from Callum O'Dowda not to get rid of the ball. As you put in your column, Matt, you're always taught yep. to, uh, if in doubt, kick it out. Um, but the clearance then comes from closer. It's whipped over. Jada Silva's beaten in the air. The header goes across goal and it's 1-0. Hamilton poking home unmarked. And on the replay, you could just see Nigel Pearson in the in the distance going nuts after that yeah. clearance. Um, but was that against the run of play or...? It, it it probably was slightly. Um, it was, as I say, it was a fa- it was a fairly even contest, but they didn't look particularly dangerous. They've got Medina up front, who is a you know he's a proper old fashioned number nine, puts himself about. There was one move where he he, he sort of put an arm in. Um, I think on closer, it might it might have been Callis, but yeah, so slightly against the run. <laughs> We've talked about Callum, um, and I think. Nigel Pearson came out afterwards and talked about players doing the same things or not not you know doing what they should be doing stuff. I can only assume he's referencing Callum because he obviously gets taken off at halftime. Um, you you don't I don't want to necessarily have a go at a bloke because he's trying to play, but in certain areas you just don't do that. And he he got caught um, close, sort of knocked it back to closer. His clearance was terrible, so you know there's a proportion of blame from that. As you say, the ball comes across. Um, they didn't actually utilise that Diag ball onto Jay De Silva, um, even though I don't know if it was a guy called Daniels or um, I can't think of his name for, for Blackpool, but he was two foot taller than Jay and they didn't seem to use it that much. But in this instance, he gets beat. If you watch Thomas Callas, he's kind of following the flight of the ball and not knowing where Jerry Yates or the, the, the man in the middle, Hamilton, is. Um, so, you know, there were a number of them. And then, as I say, Callas' reaction was to, to Max O'Leary, why aren't you coming for that? It's in the six-yard box. So all in all, it was just a really, really bad goal to concede. Matt, this must be the longest run of starting uh, games for Callum O'Dowda in, in quite some time. Um, and he still he is keeps getting picked. And yep. the performances that he's putting in 
you know, I don't know the, what our history of our ratings are, but he hasn't set the world on fire like he has done in fits and starts in the past. No, and and both of us, you know, we've we've nailed our nailed our cards on the the master such or whatever the phrase is. That was a combination of phrases. <laughs> put out, I think. Put out the flag, Paul. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 like Callum. Um, Absolutely. I like Callum. You know, as as a man, he's he's a brilliant character. I know so many stories and, and good things. But obviously, we're talking about his football. Mm. Um, he's got undoubted ability. And there were a couple of runs that he had. There was one one run in the first half where it was a good ball through, I think, from Vyman, um, or maybe in Scott. And he was one-on-one with the defender, and the defender out-muscled him. Um, and you kind of thought then, come on, Cal, you, you know, you've, you've got to be stronger there. Ironically, Patch, before the game in the warm-up, Callum came across um, when they were doing their, you know, their, their sort of drills to the, the final bit, as they, they tend to do over by the crowd. And he kind of was g the crowd up, giving it, come on, let's kind of do this with a, a few choice words. And I actually said to the mate of mine next to me, yeah, Callum, all well and good. you you got to do it, mate. Yeah, that made you um, think that he was up for it as well. Though. Exactly that. And I genuinely think he was. Um, but it just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking now at the scores that we've given him of late. And, you know, let's, let's be fair about it. He is, he is Marmite for a lot of fans at the moment. But he's he's had a few sevens, but the last few games he's had have been four, six, six, five, and then this weekend three. Mm. So you know, but below par. And um, funny enough, Gary Owens was in the stand right by us because the the media bit for for the the press at Blackpool is quite strange. Um, and I said to Gary at the end as I was walking out after his, sort of our comments last week on the pod, I said, "Mate, there's a few fours and lower there today." Um, so yeah, it was it was a poor performance from from Callum. It wasn't he wasn't the only one, but in that first half, you can understand why Nigel Pearson loses his rag because that's the basic of basic defending. Um, in terms of other options, you know, let's let's assume we yeah. stick to that same formation of three four one two. Um, Sam Bell is on the bench. He's a left sided player attacking as well. Um, yeah. Other options, you could switch Jada Silva across. Um, obviously, we know Joe Williams came on for him. But in terms of what, what we would do for Wednesday, Matt, it's assuming that Callum O'Dowda may be dropped, who would you go with? I would probably go um, Robbie Cundy coming in um, at the back, and I would move Cam Pring um, over to that left wing-back role. Um, Cam was poor the weekend, um, so you know he he needs a performance as well, um, but other than that, yeah, as you say, you've got Jay as the option, um, and that's that's Jay's position, isn't it? Really, you know, we know going forward, we we like Jay. It's the mm. defensive element to it, and it's you know it's a, a dreadful thing to say, really. But if you're an opposition manager, you're saying I want you to be playing on the shoulder of their number three or whatever Jay is, because yeah. you know yeah. he's he is short. You know, it's not. That's, you, can't, you can't hide from that fact, but but mm. I think I, w- I will be amazed if Callum isn't dropped on on Wednesday. And yes, we've got limited options in terms of the squad size, even um, so, he probably will be on the bench. But um, if he's not dropped, then you look at it and think, what what are you saying to the players that are on the bench? Because you're saying mm. you can put in below par performances, and the players that want to come and do something, like you're saying, Sam Bell or Tommy. Tommy, you know, and any of those lads, um, Naki, you know, you're not. I'm not saying you want to play him on the left, but you're saying generally, yeah, put in a perform, poor performance and you'll get picked. Maybe one game, fine, you can accept that. But when it's a run of games that's not been great, then yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Um, so it wasn't sh- long after that. Uh, three minutes later, they go 2-0 up. It's another cross, this time a corner. Um, and he gets in between Callas and Pring, and it's a headed goal for Medine. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the guy sort of, you've, you've got Callas jumping backwards and Pring jumping forwards, and Medine, who's, to be fair, got a lovely spring on his um, on his jump and heads home. But it's another it's another whipped ball in, isn't it? It's another cross. It's this time it's a set piece. Um, it's got to be something that they are definitely working on in training. Surely you'd like to think so. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say I've paid enough or close enough attention because I get so into the game. Um, and I'm sure the likes of, of, of Fevs or, or, you know, Ian and any, any of the guys, um, that, that listen, yeah, Lee Nigel can can tell me whether we zonally mark or whether we man for man mark. I think it's zonal, um, but we just weren't anywhere near him. I mean, he got such a jump on Thomas Callas. Naturally, he has his arm sort of on the top of him, so keeps Callas down. But it was just a really poor poor goal to concede. And you, you look at it, you've got Nigel Pearson centre half, Curtis Fleming right back. I think back in the day, mm-hmm. Pat Mountain, which. If Pat Mountain is our defensive coach and does the set plays, I don't know how many clubs have their goalkeeper doing that. But you know that's that. I didn't know that was. Is that the case? That's that's been the case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But but certainly from a um, a Lee Johnson, Dean Holden era. So it's not something that's just come in. So if that's continued, but yeah, he's he was sort of known as the defensive coach. But you've got three three of our well our, our three main management coaches were defenders or defensive minded. And yet we defend so terribly. Um, and and even the balls that get whipped in against us, how many times do we sit there as fans and think, crikey, that's a good corner. What a chance that is. And yet our own corners, other than the one at Luton that Jay De Silva whipped in under the bar, <laughs> most of the other ones you think that was pretty comfortable to head away or for the keeper to come and catch. Or So it's, it's not working. Something needs to change on that front. Um, yeah. But, you know, again difficult when you, you talk about Nigel Pearson to legislate is it is individual mistakes but he picks the team he has the his coaching team that, that work on the set pieces etc um so the, the the responsibility also comes very squarely on his shoulders halftime summary from Rob was after plenty of recent encouraging performances we've been really lax today and just generally seem to not be as sharp as we have been careless in possession and falling uh, failing to build any concerted pressure, sloppily indecisive defending on the first and the same set piece demons display again for the second. Multiple errors to pick up on, but Callas got caught under the ball on both. Need a half time firework or two, and Williams has to come on. And Matt, that's what happened. Callum came off, and Joe Williams came on, and that's uh, you know what you're going to get. Yeah, hundred percent. And and actually, again, within minutes of Williams, well, seconds of Williams coming on, he is um, letting his teammates know that he wants the ball, and also letting them know, come on, let's get into this. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, he, he he comes in, he's captain for me. I, I know they won't, and Andy Vyman will remain captain, but I think Joe Williams, centre of the pitch, demands the ball. Um, when he gets the ball, patch as well. And, and you know, I talked last week about Han Noah. It was a brilliant performance from Han Noah, but Han Noah drives himself forward, and and I'm not going to say he dribbles the ball like a George Best or anything. But Joe Williams gets the ball, and it's a straight pass. You know, he's looking straight away. Boom! Where do I send it? He hit one ball in the second half where he literally just drove it 30 yards across the pitch, and 
yeah, it was it was good to see him on there. There was obviously a rejig. Um, yeah, what happened? Well, I've got to think back now. So Joe came on. I'm pretty sure that we went. Um, Jay, there was one point where Jay did go across, but I think the start of it, Jay did seem to go left. So I think um, Alex Scott kind of moved across a little bit, but it felt like we, we kind of just stayed with th- the three at the back. Right. Um, and then Andy Vyman was kind of dropping back in as well, that you, you'd expect. So mm. yeah, Jay, Jay came across, I think, from memory. But um, again, if, I, if I'm completely honest with you, I was so fed up with it. I turned to I turned to Neil, Neil Barnes, who, who travelled... Um, from his place in the lakes to watch it. And I said to Neil, I'll take two nil mate. No, I'll take yeah, two nil that in your, the game. In your oh, and, and that's a dreadful thing to say, but I genuinely felt those two quick goals. And I'm thinking, what, this, you were fearful of more. Were you? Yeah. I was really fearful of it being five or six. Cause you could see heads had dropped. Um, and fans were starting to walk out even at halftime patch wow. because they're in Blackpool. The boys, are, you know, and the girls are having a bit of a laugh. Um, you know, on jolly on boys, sea, jolly boys, exactly. Yeah. On the seafront. So yeah, a few thoughts, you know what? I'm going back to the pub. I've had enough, um, which is two nil. Get the next goal. Two one is one of those scores, isn't it? Mm. So the next goal was always going to be important. And what happens? Well, yes. 48th minute, three nil. Vyman loses possession. It's a long ball played up, um, up to the wide right. Um, and the, it was Bowler. Basically, you yep. brought it down really well, to be fair. It was a lovely yep. ball across, brought down really well. He skips around Pring, who lets him onto his left foot, which is his preferred left foot. And I think Tin said in the commentary that he, he would have and should have known that. And it's 3-0. So 48th minute. Um, and I, I assume more people walked out at that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it started, I'm not going to say it was droves, but yeah, <laughs> there, were, there, there were quite a few that were walking out. Um, and it was... You've called it, Patch. It was a really good ball. Yes, we've lost the ball, but it was a really, really good diag ball. Um, Bowler's first touch is brilliant. He's then running it, Cam. And maybe this is where, because Cam um, has played a lot of his football as a left-back, left-wing-back, however you want to look at it, your natural as a left-back would be to show them inside because you've got your centre-half who's coming across as well. But when you're in a three... And it was it was literally one on one, you know. Mm. There was no one. That we I don't I don't quite know why we'd pushed up as high as we had done, um, but it was literally Cam and Bowler. He then takes him inside. He, he goes one way. Cam kind of goes with it and almost kind of stumbles. The finish. Max is anticipating him going far corner. He doesn't. He reverses it, and it looks like Max has been made to look a bit of a fool as well with it. But it, you've got to give credit to Bowler as well. Yeah but it was terrible defending. By Is there anything in the fact that we brought off Callum O'Dowder at that point, who's a left-sided yep. midfielder, attacking midfielder, if you like? Yep. Were we overexposed on the left at that point? We, we were overexposed right across the pitch. I mean, it, it, it literally, and, I, and I've not watched it back, but it literally felt at the time like Cam was the only man in our half. Um, it was that sort of, you know, yeah. We seem to have pushed right up, so it was a mm. just just a terrible goal to concede, and and again at a point where, and I watched Joe Williams, and he was devastated by it because you just felt if we can get one, mm. and as I say, you know we might get some out of the game at three nil. Yeah, I could see us getting nothing again. I don't, I don't. Well, no, I, I do know that Nil had, had a couple of beers because uh, <laughs> he always seems to find the weather spoons that do ninety nine p a pint. Um, but Neil was still saying to me at three nil. 
or saying to them, come on, boys, we can still win this. And I looked at him and thought... Oh, he's a man after my own heart. Well, yeah, he is. But I thought, well, other than Russell Osman um, in Escape to Victory, I'm not sure many others would have thought that that we could win it. Because, yeah, we just... I I think Blackpool are actually a better side than we gave them credit for. And and I've listened to a number of sort of podcasts and and I've read a few fans' comments saying that, you know, Blackpool weren't anything special. They had a lad in the midfield who I thought was really good. Bailu was very good. And up front, Medine and Yates just completely outmuscled mm. us. Um, I actually thought they, they looked a decent side. And actually, a bit of an outside chance for the playoffs if they play like that. Wow. And certainly if the weather's a bit, you know, stays like that up at, at, at Blackpool for the home games. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, it, it it summed up that game and summed up our performance. Um, yeah. So the only other notes I've got, Matt, the seventy-fourth minute, Vyman off, Wells on. As a Vyman doesn't usually come off. What any anything in that? It, so he he seemed to have pulled up slightly before, um, or or took a knock. So I think it may have been down to that. Um, he wasn't having a very good game. Um, you know, I talked last week about Andy Vyman setting the tempo for our performances. Um, he, he didn't have a good game. Chris Martin didn't have a good game. So you really could have taken any of of. Probably I wouldn't have taken Antoine off because he still had that physicality and, yeah. and can run. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was because he had a slight knock. Um, but you could, you could easily have made it because he wasn't playing well. Who took the captain's armband? Do you know? Um, do you know what? I can't recall. Chris Martin, maybe? Okay. Maybe? Yeah, I can't recall. No worries. Okay, uh, there was a consolation goal for City at the end. Um, it was Naki Wells, right place, right time. After the ball over from Williams, found Jada Silva, and it was a simple square for three-one. Um, and you know they go and grab the ball and run up as if they're going to get a couple more goals. But I think it was a little bit late. I don't I don't know how many in, many minutes injury time there were. Yeah, so it was eighty-six. It was the eighty-sixth minute, um, and then there were five minutes injury time. Okay. But, right. but it takes a minute to score a goal, the old adage. Exactly that. And and against us, I mean, yeah, look, look at Forrest in the cup yesterday. They scored two in a minute against Leicester. Mm. Um, but what, what was disappointing is within probably a minute, 90 seconds, Naki Wells made a foul and that completely took any impetus right. out of it. Okay. Um, so they slowed it down. The, 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 the ref booked Naki um, Sutz, who was in front of me, and we'll, I'll talk about Sutz in a bit. Oh, um, God. Turn around, no, 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 all good, no, all good, all good. But yeah, it was, it was quite funny. Um, he sort of turned around to me and said, "Oh, that could be a red," because he was sort of near to the hoardings. Because again, lots were walking out, and he was kind of preparing, I think, to to walk out. But he said it could have been a red. So that that just killed it, the time wise. And then in injury time, we we did nothing. Um, really? Yeah, no, nothing at all. And and it just felt again, all. But people have sort of said, "I, I, I." The only consistent thing about us is our inconsistency. Um, but we had seen that upturn in performance. Cardiff, yeah, you know, Luton, Preston. I just couldn't believe the performance we put in yesterday. Or Saturday, sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, so very disappointed that we didn't do anything more with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll come on to what we might do for Wednesday in a second. But um, do you want to do your, your ratings first? I've, yeah. I've, so- I've seen them in the evening post already but um right. yeah go through and just just read yeah. them through okay so i did did kind of calibrate them um in terms of so i, I went um as you know patch i stay in when i go up north i stay at my friends rach and andy's um rach used used to live in bristol and, and was a season ticket holder down the gate so anything up north 
Um, I get to stay with them and their their lovely daughter Poppy, which is always really nice. But mm-hmm. I took Rachel's mum and dad out with me as well. So there was four of us in the car. Rog, who um, has followed City for Donkey's years, Rachel and Andy. So we calibrated this when we got back. Um, so for for Max, um, we debated sort of four four or five and I've gone four and there's a theme with it but I've gone four because six is what you expect and I'm expecting my goalkeeper to make saves as I said it was another three goals conceded not completely or yeah not not entirely his fault but yeah I went four Jay De Silva I went four and Jay was probably the one that I might have gone five on um Kloss and Kalas I've gone four and again you can see the theme um Kalas actually was doing okay for large parts of it but then, as we've said, those both those two goals, he gets caught under the ball. Um, and, and I was looking at it afterwards and thinking, as much as he, he leaps like an absolute salmon and everything, it doesn't doesn't give you an awful lot of physicality. He will he will absolutely put his body on the line. But you know, I've, last couple of games, you know, Mitrovic out, you know, out muscled him. Medine out muscled him. Um, so yeah, Klaus did okay. Um, made some actually really good. Um, defensive interceptions before they'd scored but bringing the ball out wasn't anywhere near as good as he was last week um, and then I've gone Cam is four and so it, it's kind of a collective theme really there of the defence were, were fours because it was a, a poor defensive performance In terms of uh, are we calling him Kloss or Closer? I don't know yet yeah let's, let's you've, you've, you've thrown me but yeah. him yeah. Um, you know he's not played many games Absolutely. in recent months yeah. uh did he sort of you know he lasted the did, game but uh, did he look okay for the whole didn't game didn't seem to tire yeah didn't yeah. seem to tire um i think i mean by his own admission he's he's not the quickest but he reads the game um and he did do that and and a couple of those scores might have been fives you know max arguably potentially um, as I say, Jay or even Tim, but it's three goals conceded. It wasn't a good performance. So yeah, and the weather was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex, um, sorry, I'll go Callum as well. Beg your pardon. So I'll go. So Callum, I've gone three, um, and okay. and I don't know that we've had many threes, but it, it's it's definitely a four because obviously, as I say, it was a poor performance and he gets taken off. Um, I'm sure I read a stat afterwards that this season, I think he scored one goal and I'm sure from memory that was a deflection, but he scored one goal and he's had one assist, which from your wide player, mm. you would be expecting more. So it, it it possibly is a bit harsh and I did this, as I say, afterwards. So it could be a four, but I went three, um, but it was, wasn't great. Well, you've published him now there on there. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Alex Scott I've gone five that was one again I kind of debated over because he did show some nice touches but he also did give the ball away a little bit um, Han Noah I've gone six um, it was I was it was a toss up for me between Han Noah and Antoine as to, to who I thought was man of the match but again within the sort of calibration um, the, the, the the meeting um, consensus yeah was uh, was six for, for Han Noah and MOM um, Joe Williams I've gone six and you know I know Joe but he came on at half time so with, with scoring Callum I've got to score Joe so Joe was a six Andy Vineman four Chris Martin four I've said it two poor games and then really nothing came off for them um, the control wasn't very good pace tempo wasn't very good and then Antoine I've gone six look look dangerous there was a little bit of a coming together and I don't know if that was on the highlights between Medine and Joe Williams and Medine 
gestured his head towards Joe Williams and Joe Williams went down. It, I, I didn't see it close enough to see how much contact was there. Medin was then having a go at Joe Williams, but there was a little bit of a melee then. Yeah, and I Antoine, did see that actually, yeah. Antoine got booked um, as well as Joe Williams, Medin, Antoine, and there was another one, I think Yates for them got booked. Um, was that but before, Antoine before was right the third goal? Or? No, no, afterwards. Yeah, afterwards. Um, so yeah, and then for Nigel... Um, Four, you know, I've talked about four defensively for everyone else. It, it's a poor, poor result, um, and and he has to shout that con- that, that responsibility. And it, it, again, listening to so as you know, I listened to the other podcasts and, and listening to to Ian and Dave on the Forever Bristol. Um, they were sort of talking about. I mean, he, Ian was very clear about he thinks that's it. Pearson should go, um, but really? they were saying, Fine. yeah, 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 and and they were sort of saying that you know he comes out and says the same things. We are where we are. We know what we've got, you know, individuals making mistakes. And and yeah, he's right with all of that. But I, I was then thinking afterwards, from a summer point of view, and, and I don't know how much money we'll have. I don't know what players will go there. I think Callum's out of contract. I don't know how many more are. But when I look at his signings, Andy King, who's had, had terrible injuries, but may, maybe that's also because of his age now and, and where he is. Matty James, similarly, has had a couple of big, long spells out with an injury. Can't be helped, but again, Danny Simpson, not really anywhere near getting a first-team start. George Tanner, injuries again, but George is one for the future, so you allow that. Rob Atkinson, injuries again, but again, started off well, then faded a little bit. And I'm looking at him thinking, cool, do I trust Nige with money in the summer to get the players we need? I don't want us going out and getting players that are likely to get those kind of injuries and you know you want to get like we've often said on this podcast and and Nigel Whittle in particular who obviously contributes regularly Nigel often says go out and get the players in the league below that are desperate to go higher and want to give you everything they've got and some of that is what you saw from Blackpool the weekend because obviously they've come up this season Mm. Um, so that's the kind of players that you want with the youngsters we've got and yes with one or two of the experience but yeah it just it just left me feeling it's that roller coaster patch. Like last week, I'm coming away thinking we're not going to be in any trouble whatsoever. Relegation, the future's looking really bright. To, to, to this time, thinking, Jesus, have we, you know, played like that and lost like that, and everything looks poor. <laughs> what do we do? So it's a, it's a, you know, that's fo- being a football fan, isn't it? At the end of the it's day, it's the right podcast to use a roller coaster analogy. Um, yes, yeah, well, Blackpool. But there we go. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. It, it, you know, you can't legislate for injuries. Um, who's to say we go and sign the top goal scorer from League One who's played every game this season and he doesn't get injured in the first few games? Yeah. You know, it, I, yeah. I, I, but I exactly good, good see where you're coming from. Yeah, good point. But those, yeah. those three, not marquee signings, but those three Leicester signings, yeah. you can't really say they've worked out. Matty James has been been okay. He's not set the world alight, but he's been he's been consistent. And if Matty James is fit, I'm looking at the moment and saying, does he get in over Joe Williams, Alex Scott, Hannah Masenga? No, he doesn't. Not not on what I see from performance. He will come back in because Nigel Pearson rates him that highly. Mm. Um, and and as I say, you know, Andy King in particular has been unlucky. So you know, I'll, I, I'll, it'd be I'll great. Give that. It, it'd be a great. Fit Andy King would be a different kettle of fish. You yeah, know, absolutely. Yeah. Fit Andy King. Fit Matt, Matty James. Yeah. Fit yeah. Rob Atkinson. There. On the bench, let's say they were all, you know, they're all yeah. now fit. They'd be on the bench Wednesday. Yeah. That that puts extra pressure on the players who have got the shirt. Yeah. And that's when, you know, for me, that's when they start to, 
pick up their performances almost at the moment. You look at the bench and you think who who's gonna who's gonna come in apart from yeah. you know Joe Williams nailed on. Yeah. Um there's no there's there's you bad bones, aren't but you, it, really? But it's it's a bit like the weekend. So Robbie Candy comes on against Preston and then isn't even in the, the match day squad. So you know, I think Sam Bell came in for, for him and I'm like, well you probably mm. would have thought that you know you're going to get the physicality from Blackpool. Yeah. So that, that seemed a strange run. Again, there may be reasons for it. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's just one or two things. You know, the transfer window closed in, and you know, yes, we talked about great that we kept Antoine, Alex Scott, Han Noah, but we didn't do any other business. And when I look and saw the lad that was um, on loan at Swindon from Aston Villa, the right back who was brilliant against... Um, Man City, I think it was, or one of the teams. He's gone to MK Dons on loan now. And you think there must have been mm. players in the Prem that we could have got, knowing that we are we are in need of cover at left wing back and we're in need of cover at right wing back. That could have been, you know, could yeah, have been the, done. The, but. He said, you know, loans aren't Are you cutting your nose off to spite your face with that? And I, I, I think so, yeah, I think so. Um, let's talk about Wednesday very quickly. So in mm. terms of changes, you know, I, I, we, I've said it before about Chris Martin, um, you know, who seemed to be all the better for that rest that he had. So for me, he would come out. Yeah. I'd love to see, I'd love to see Tommy Conway get a start. I just think that he needs a, he needs an opportunity. He's yeah. been on the bench now for the last, you know, X number of many games. Yeah. Um, Callum, Callum drops out. Uh, whether it's Benarus getting an opportunity or Sam Bell, um, your thoughts on on that? Just does Dan Bentley come back? So, in? I think so you've already said Dan Bentley, hundred percent for me. Um, and and again, if if that doesn't happen, then I actually think there is something more in it because you're talking about a guy I'm pretty sure was Player of the Year last year. Yeah. Um, and as I've said, saves you points. Um, I'm not. And, and this is no, I'm not saying Max isn't a good goalkeeper. We've said on here time and time again, yeah, yeah. we've got two number ones, but Max isn't saving us points at the minute. And Dan Bentley does that in the, the big moments. Um, so Max comes in, as I say, I would probably, if he's fit, I would probably bring Cundy in and move Cam across. Um, right wing back, you probably, I don't I don't know if I stay with Jay because I think Reading, um, they've got some some big boys in there as well. Jay hasn't done badly, so you, arguably you stay with Jay. If not, then you are looking at moving Alex back there. Um, so I would probably do that. Joe Williams comes in, Han Noah's in the middle. Mm-hmm. I would probably go, if I'm honest with you, um, just one up top and, and um, play more in the middle. Um, I'd probably go with just Antoine down the middle. Just because we, we've got to get defensively stronger. You know, when, when you concede, I think I've, I read a stat that if we concede two against Reading, that breaks a record of conceding two goals in it, two or more goals in every game. Um, I think you're currently either on nine or ten. Nice. Um, and we break a record in a row. from 1962 in a row. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, so we, we, we've got to look at that and how we can make ourselves more solid. Um, because we're not, we're not out of the relegation woods. We're just not. You know, as many people say, oh, I don't think we're any, we absolutely are still in danger because we saw last season, we fell off the cliff face at the end of last season. We didn't win a game for however many months. And that's what worries me that we might see that again. 
Peterborough got a good result against QPR in the cup. QPR might have rested players, but they're not out of it. So yeah, this this is this is somewhat of a six pointer because we know Reading are below us. Mm. We've got Swansea who are below us on Saturday. So yeah, two two big games. I think for me, I, as I said, uh, I agree with what you've said so far. There, I I drop Chris Martin. I'd have you know Vyman in behind Semenyo and Wells or Conway. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does on Wednesday. Um, he, won't, he won't drop Chris Martin. I'll have a five on it with you. He won't okay. drop Chris Martin. All right, five it is. Yep. Okay, there we go. So we've mentioned the January transfer window. Obviously, yep. great to keep hold of those players. Uh, closer coming in. We needed that extra centre-back yep. um, as well. Were you half expecting anything else to happen? I did, because a, a game with... Uh, and Nigel Pearson, I said about what, what he says is what happens, and, and he did sort of say that. But I did just feel that we probably would do some additional business. I thought, if, if I'm honest, I thought someone probably would have come in and look to sign Naki Wells, um, you know, a club that might have been promote, pushing for something, um, just because I think if you play him in the right way, he is going to score you goals. Mm. And I thought similarly with Casey Palmer, um, that yeah, someone may come surprise, in. Yeah, that's a surprise, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that that surprised me, but because of those those defensive options, but that that's again, Patrick, it feels like that's how the season is. Just as you think, great, we've got that player back, mm. and now we've got that strength in depth. That seems to disappear with another injury yeah. and loss of form. So, yeah, I, I did expect it. The summer's going to be touch wood, pray, all the um, we stay in this league because the summer will then become very interesting as to what we do business wise. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I asked this morning, um, as I wasn't at the game for a few a few uh, descriptions of the performance. So I've got quite a few to, to go through. I'll go through those. Um, so Chris, uh, the pitch and the bad weather was never going to make it a game to play football. It was a battle, a battle we lost and lost emphatically. Still confident of getting a good result on Wednesday. Fev's error prone. Ma- Matthew Burke, incredibly frustrating. Seems to be two steps forward, three back with this team. But I think we've seen enough that progression is being made. And that, for me, is what we need to remain positive about. Julian Warner, never heard of him. Really surprising after a more positive few weeks. Massive reaction required on Wednesday. Bristol Ollie, weak and unorganised. Decent backing from the fans in awful conditions. Not matched on the pitch by the players. Glad I went, though. Uh, Liam, dreadful defending again. Shahan, City were blown away. Also, the weather was bad. Um, a lovely uh, lovely emoji, not emoji, sorry, a gif from Tom Rule. Um, uh, US office gif there. That was good. Uh, Chris Linton, one of those days where we were outfought and outclassed all over the pitch. Blackpool did their homework on us and we clearly didn't do it on them. Is there anything in that, Matt, in terms of the we aren't doing our homework on teams? Surely we are. You'd like to think so, wouldn't you? But I, I don't know what prep we do. Um, but it's, I, I agree, it certainly felt like that. It mm. certainly felt like we didn't know how they were going to play. Ace, honestly thought it was a mess. Briefly in the game till they scored, then the capitulation started. Players were miles off it, but they set up but the setup was equally a mess. Dave Sainsbury, I didn't see the game either, but the beauty of our inconsistency is that Saturday has little bearing on what we'll produce on Wednesday. Four, four positives. We're back at home. Reading are a shambles. Joe Williams will start and Callum O'Dowda won't. I can see a fast start and finally an easy win. Do you share that, Matt? 
Is that from Dave Sainsbury? Yeah. I love Dave, but no, Dave, I don't. <laughs> is, that, is that the guy who you were a man- manager with? That's right. I introduced yeah. you to recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah. Nick, still think we will finish in the top half. Excellent. Love, love, love the positivity. Uh, Colin Sutton, Sutts, as dire as the weather. Did you have a story about Sutts that you wanted yeah, to share? Yeah, so uh, honestly, so he, um, it was as he said earlier on, Joel's 18th. So they, they traveled up on the Friday oh, yeah. Um, had a room that overlooked the pitch. Oh yeah. I saw that. I, I yeah. didn't know. And I, I don't, I meant to ask him, but I don't think you can then watch the game from your room. <laughs> um, so a bit strange, but, but Sutz was there with his, um, his bucket hat on um, a pair of sunglasses, even though it was absolutely pouring down <laughs> um, and Blackpool have got a drummer and this drummer was beating the drum. And then at the end of the game, Sutz is just there dancing away to the drum and sort of coordinating the drum beat and stuff. So yeah, Brilliant. yeah, it looked, uh, looked very funny, but there was one guy as well that um, the stewards brought over to us because we were sat near um, sort of the, the, the halfway line, but that was the closest point that away fans could get. And the steward brought this one lad over who'd, who'd obviously been enjoying his black ball weekend. Mm. Um, I'm not sure he knew what day of the week it was, let alone where he was. Um, <laughs> so sat slumped in his chair, was given a bottle of water, then sort of literally slumped to the side. Then was, um, was what's the, the word? I was going to say ex- exhaling. I don't mean exhaling, but getting rid of some of the excess fluid that he had on him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some poor cleaner had to come up in, uh, yeah, chuck down the the sawdust so to speak to uh, exalting yeah exalting yeah <laughs> um and then they they sort of took the lad underneath so hopefully he's okay but um yeah i mean it, it was actually a, a a fairly good atmosphere for a fairly poor performance but mm. um as i say i think a few there have been a few headaches on the yeah, sunday a few, I think. A few weekenders had yeah um uh, the last one was from alan agar poor couldn't match Blackpool's work rate and individual errors, cost us soft goals. Blackpool pressed City high and we struggled to get out. So thank you, everyone, for your contributions there. Um, Matt, I think we roll on now to Wednesday with some optimism. Yeah, yeah, you have. I, I have. <laughs> I, honestly, it was that bad Saturday. I, 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 I was on with Jeff on Friday night and, and I said... I think we'll get a win, really yeah, positive. It completely it's wiped me out because um, it was just so bad. Um, mm. And I don't know whether that's a bit of an exaggeration because, again, the result tends to, to spin things, doesn't it, in your head. But, mm. yeah, I mean, hopefully. I can't see us playing that badly. Um, so, yeah, let's hope so. Okay. Uh, just mentioned Jeff there. Um, I'm going to get this podcast 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 out as quick as possible um and if you're listening to this on monday you can listen to sound of the city with jeff Twentyman tonight at 6 p.m as an ashton gate 8 special and i actually started this podcast with a short advert about uh the middlesbrough game so um if if everyone can be in their seats by 245 and take part in the minutes applause on the eighth minute. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, an Ashton Gate 8 special on Sound of the City tonight. And even if you don't listen live, it'll be available on BBC Sounds. There was um, also, Patch, a really, really good article on Bristol Live with footage that I'd never seen before. Um, some real kind of build-up to what was going on in... Um, you know, interviews with Archie Gucci, who was the chairman at the time. In so that's that's interesting as well. Yeah, um, and there's one other thing, and I know you're going to see it, but I went to see Joe Sims oh, yeah. again, a, a contributor. To no spoilers. The podcast. No spoilers. No spoilers. Um, in his play with David Lloyd and um, I want to say Thomas McGee, and apologies if I've yeah, got that, that wrong. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, 
just the three of them at the Bristol Old Vic in a, a play. It's about football called The Red Lion. It was brilliant. Yeah, I, I bet. really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, we we know what a great actor Joe Sims is. I never knew that David Lloyd, in, and it is David Lloyd, who's obviously very closely associated to Bristol City, mm. was an actor um, or had acted, but David was fantastic. Um, and the young lad, Thomas, honestly, Patch, unbelievable. Um, awesome. What what a future that lad's got. But it, it was really enjoyable. I went, went with my brother, Christian, um, and I sort of said to him afterwards, you know, what, what did you think? He said, oh, I loved it. He said it was superb. Really intimate to the point where we were sat at the front yeah. um, quite low down and I had to move my feet back as they were walking around kind of their <laughs> little stage. Him up. Yeah, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but no, it was, it, was, it was brilliant. And so again, anybody, I mean, it's only going to be City fans listening to this podcast, but I know that there are tickets still available. They're reasonably priced, um, you know, masks as 20 well. 20 quid, 21, 22? Some, I, yeah, something like that. But I'd highly recommend going. It was a really, really good sort of 90 minutes. Um, and yeah, some, some great acting from those three. And it is just those three in it. I'm just going to look at that price now. Um, Red Lion, Bristol Old Vic. I think it might even be less than that. Yeah, I thought it was less to be fair. Um sorry, it is eight pounds open concession, twelve pounds standard. Um yeah, so you can go to bristololdvic.org.uk, search for a red lion, um, and you can get those tickets. I actually went to watch Chicago on Broadway, Matt, so it'll be a bit of a comparison for me when I go on Friday. Yeah, it, it will. I mean, certainly I think the red lion will take it. Razzle dazzle. Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> Like I said, all three were brilliant. Joe is just top drawer. Yeah, so, no, he's fantastic. So he is so brilliant. Good. And big thank you to Joe Sims and David Lloyd for recording the advert for us yeah. at the start of the podcast. Um, if you haven't seen it as well, the video that we pulled together um, on the Bristol City Former Players Association Twitter that went out on Thursday on the actual anniversary. Um, yeah, and please get behind that. Right, we're going to leave it there, Matt. It okay. Take care. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday, well, Thursday morning. Thursday Take morning, care. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Crash and burn